Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to a city It lies four square Hi everybody, God bless you today Welcome to the Prophetic News radio broadcast. I'm Susan Puzio, and uh, we have a topic today. Uh, We are going to uh, be talking about Jimmy Swagger. And um, first of all, I want to say that um, we don't hold any thing in our hearts against the Swaggart family. We pray for them, and uh, we are only doing this program today because we want to point out a few of the doctrinal errors that have been uh, coming forth from the uh, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. Um, I know one time, at one time uh, back in the 80s, and I've been born again since 1981, and uh, Jimmy Swaggart was one of my favorite preachers. I I looked forward to hearing his messages every week. And uh, he was riding high at one time. I guess he he had everything in the world, uh, a fabulous ministry, um, probably more money than he knew what to do with. And uh, he uh, fell into sin. And it was very, very hard for the church at that time. Uh, I know myself personally, uh, it really did hurt uh, because we looked up to him so much. And, uh, of course, the Bible does say that cursed is the man who puts his trust in man and that we we, uh, don't put our trust in man. But uh, I would like to say that if any of the... uh, People from the Swaggart family, they're welcome to come on this broadcast at any time and defend their positions. We would be very open to that. And also, uh, anyone from the ministry, if you would like to come and uh, have a discussion, you would be more than welcome to uh, refute anything that will be said today. But uh, I just want to say that uh, the last time we did the broadcast about Jimmy Swaggart, Ministries. I did have a few people that uh, called in or sent me emails, and they were saying that uh, some of the things we were saying uh, was hearsay. And I do want to stick to the facts today, so uh, we will try to bring you uh, the truth because we we on this program, prophetic news, we. We want to stand for the truth of God's word. That's the most important thing. And uh, we could stand correction, too. So uh, I know myself now, I've been involved in false doctrines. I've been saved, like I said, since 1981. I was involved in the Word of Faith movement for many years and bought into 
the prosperity doctrines. Um, I even believed at one time that Jesus went to hell. Of course, we know that he didn't have to go to hell. But there was many things that I believed, and uh, God brought me out of it. So I believe that God can bring other people out of error. And uh, so we have a uh, a full program for you today. We're going to have uh, as our guests uh, Pastor John Murray and uh, Karen Panzler Lamb and... Uh, Hopefully, we will also have Bruce Hellman call in today, and uh, so we're going to have a lively discussion. But I want to uh, let you know that we also have a website, propheticnews.com. We come to you every week here on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Also, we have a YouTube channel. And I consider YouTube my TV ministry, praise the Lord. (laughs) And uh, anybody today uh, can have a ministry uh, on the Internet, and it won't cost you anything except your time and and an Internet connection, and you would have to buy a computer. And you can reach the whole world uh, from your house. You you don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to... uh, put any gas in your car. God, What God wants is, yes, he wants your mouth. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we praise the Lord for uh, today and for this program. And so I'm going to be bringing my guests on now, and then we will have a word of prayer about this broadcast today. And like I said, if anybody wants to call in, from the uh, Swaggart family or from the Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, please do. Also, the chat room is open, so if you have any questions or comments, uh, please ask them. Um, Also, if you would like to call in and ask any of the guests a question, uh, the call-in number is 914-338-1638. So I'm bringing my guests on now. Hello. Hello, Susan. Hi, is this Karen? Yes, it is, Susan. How are you today? Yes, hi, Karen. Good to hear your voice. Let me bring on the others. Hi. Is this John or Bruce? Yes, this is uh, John Murray. Yes. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, John. How are you today? Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, God bless you. All right. And uh, is this Bruce? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Bruce. How are you today? I'm blessed, and you're my sister. (laughs) I'm blessed, too. So... I want to welcome you all today, and uh, I, I, I believe this is a very serious topic that we will be discussing today, And um, because the Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, as we know, they affect, uh, they reach out to millions of people every day, especially through their Sun Life Broadcasting Network, and um, Brother Swaggart's been around for a long, long time. Um, I, I, I have a special place in my heart for him. I really do. And uh, I'm hoping and praying that uh, God will use this broadcast for his glory and that um, uh, Brother Swaggart would come to repentance. So, I mean, that is the purpose of our broadcast today is we want to see change and uh, 
the only thing that it will stand in the end is the word of God. And that's the most important thing. So when people are going off into error and they their lives and their ministries affect other people, um, we have to stand for the truth. So um, let's uh, begin this discussion. And please, everybody, just join in as you if you have a comment as I'm asking the questions. Uh, just chime in. But anyway. Uh, Pastor Murray, you're, are you a pastor of the uh, Tree of Life Christian Fellowship? That is true. Yes. And where is your fellowship? We're in northeastern Pennsylvania in a town called Nanticoke, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And is that anywhere near Pittsburgh? Other side of the state. Oh. We're in the northeast. <laughs> Pittsburgh's due west. Okay. And uh, how did you come to uh, do some research on the Jimmy Swagger Ministries, and uh, what is the one particular doctrine that you find very alarming? Well, I had some people in our church that got were deceived into following his teachings. And I have a number of areas, but his teaching on the falling away, his teaching on prayer, his slander of the Apostle Paul, his false teaching on the cross, his false teaching on sanctification by the cross, and his boastings that he has more light than the Apostle Paul in the realm of the cross, and that he has preached more than Jesus. Just those seven areas are deeply offensive to me and are deep error. Yes. Now, particularly, uh, what... The message of the cross, now, when you're just looking at that and you're hearing that uh, message, it sounds like a good message, the message of the cross, because we know that Jesus, of course, he died on a cross and uh, he suffered. It it was a uh, wonderful sacrifice that he did for us. So what what about his message of the cross is uh, wrong? First of all, I believe very much in the you know, message of the cross, the true message of the cross. But um, some of the things that he teaches about the cross, is teaching, quote, unquote, the believers to ever make the cross the object of his faith. Now, that is simply, and he has other quotes concerning that that you can get from his book, uh, from his different books. He has a book on how can I understand the cross uh, wherein he says that the cross is a new revelation in his introduction, which, of course, is crazy, because yeah. the revelation of the cross has been with us going back really from before the foundations of the world, but the, Paul mightily preached the message of the cross. Yeah. The, the thing is, is we're not to put our faith in the cross. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, and that entire faith chapter there is not one reference to putting our, mess, uh, putting our faith into the cross. And his uh, one book about the cross, on page 119, he actually says that the cross is the exclusive object of our faith. But that is not so according to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, faith put men in touch with the heavenly Jerusalem, with the heavens. Faith moved kingdoms. There's all kinds of, all kinds of realms about faith that is spoken of. But there's nothing mentioned about the cross. The cross is, as far as where we put the object of our faith. Number one, we're not even supposed to live by our faith. 
accepted the life I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And his faith brings us to his throne room. It brings us into an intimate relationship with him. The cross is just a door, and it's not to be, it, it's, I don't want to say it's just, I'm not minimizing the cross. The cross reconciled us to God. But there is so much more to faith than just the cross. Faith is just as much about being seated in heavenly places, being resurrected, and, and faith is about all things in all creation being gathered up uh, into Jesus Christ for his honor and glory. So uh, to make the cross the object of our faith is a deep error. And um, you mentioned something about sanctification and also the falling away. Would you elaborate on those two topics? Yeah, he he teaches, if you were to go into page 1982 of his uh, Expositor's Bible, which I find really offensive when he buries the scriptures in his red-letter commentary, I can't imagine what it would be like to stand before God and have to face God and give account to him for that. But on page 1982, he talks about uh, how how the cross sanctifies. But in reality, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us that Jesus is our sanctification. And the book of John says over and over, Jesus is our sanctification, and over and over, truth is our sanctification. There is no mention in the scriptures where the the cross sanctifies. Some will twist... And, and what they like to do, they like to, his followers, who usually are very slanderous and nasty, and I don't mean for this to be nasty, I'm not attacking him personally, I don't know him personally, but just speaking about what he teaches right from his books, we are not sanctified by the cross, we are sanctified by putting on the person of Jesus Christ, and we are sanctified when his word becomes alive to us and conforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, now mention, you mentioned about uh, the great falling away. Now, if you read in his expositor's Bible, I'll read it to you. From Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 3, I personally believe that there is going to be a great falling away, right before, and which will bring about, the, it'll energize the appearance of the Antichrist. Yeah, and we're seeing that. Uh, absolutely. We're seeing and, the beginnings of it, yes. And it will proceed from within the church. I think the original wording is Torah violators, or those who change the scriptures, energize the parousia, or the appearance, of the son of perdition. The only other person called the son of perdition in the scriptures is John 17, 12, Judas Iscariot and the Antichrist. And it says, from your midst, just as Judas Iscariot and an Antichrist spirit became possessed of the devil and sat at the, at the uh, Last Supper, which became the new Passover that the Lord Jesus greatly desired in bringing forth a bride unto himself in that sense. And, and Satan was there at that, at, at his first coming, at the most essential time of his first coming. So in the last days, I, I believe we're going to see a, a Judas Iscariot spirit that's just going to come out of the church. But this is what Mr. Swaggart says. And I'm, I'm going to read to you word for word. Second Thessalonians 2.3. Let no man deceive you by any means. And here's his comments. In other words, don't listen to that which is scripturally incorrect. For that day shall not come except their calling comes of falling away first. And here's his commentary. Should have been translated for that day. And this is typical. This is what I call his Eve spirit. Should not have been translated for that day shall not come except there come a departure first. 
This speaks to the rapture, which in essence says the second coming cannot take place until certain things happen. But if you look in the Greek words, if you look it up in the Greek, it's apostasia. It is yeah. not the rapture. It is the great falling away. This guy, he wow. just, one thing, you, you read his Bible, he just changes things at will. If you read in Second Timothy 4.1 and you read in, uh, read in, I think it's his, his book about the cross, he, he states, he says, uh, the scripture quotes, in the last days, it talks about in the last days how men shall depart from the, uh, the Spirit speaks expressly, or retos, that in the, in the latter days men shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he puts in, should, uh, it's, the word faith should have been the cross. He does that uh. all the time. He wow. just he'll take a Bible word and throw it out, and he just replaces it with the cross. Or he'll repl- if, if he doesn't like what it says, he just says, "Well, it should have said," and he replaces it. He, he, that's his Eve spirit. If you read in, in Genesis, I think it's two seventeen, where God says to Eve, "You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." And then Satan in Genesis three one, I think it is, requotes that. But then Eve. In, in the third chapter, she misquotes that scripture, and she adds to it. And that's what he does. He misquotes the scriptures and just changes him. Just, he just changes him at will. He's, he's like a Second Peter 3, 15, 16 guy who, who it says that the unlearned and unstable, which is what he is, he's unlearned and unstable, they writhe or they twist or they move, remove the scriptures to their own destruction. The scriptures of Paul as well as other scriptures. That's Second Peter 3, 15 and 16. So, so according to Jimmy Swagger, there is no great falling away. There's a rapture. But, of course, what happens with him, if he's confronted with that, he just changes his story but doesn't ever repent and say I was wrong in teaching that. He still allows his bad teachings to remain out there for the next person who he's going to hook to satisfy his covetousness. Right. Yes. So, so uh, uh, Karen, was that you? Do you have something to say? Yeah, I was agreeing with him. He's making some very good points. Yes. Um, but he's right, Jimmy Swagger. He does. Um, well, that's what it's, he calls it a King James Bible. It's not... The Holy Bible, it's not the King James Bible, it's Jimmy Swaggart's Bible, and he's rewritten it to suit his own covetousness, just like John just said. <laughs> uh, and, and, he's right, and he talks in circles, he contradicts himself, or he never fully explains something. Um, it, it's just very frustrating even to read it and try to understand what he's trying to say. Oh, I agree. Anytime I've I've tuned in, uh, when he's having his discussion, when they're reading from their Bible, I, I, it, it seems like it's going around in circles. So I never, I never right. really spend that much time listening because I don't understand what they're talking about. Yeah, and a study uh, Bible is supposed to help you understand it, not confuse you more. Well, it sounded very <laughs> confusing. That's yeah. I, <laughs> now, I, I can't through. stand the, the one thing I can't stand about his study Bible. And some people will say, I have some real people who have come against me for pointing these things out. And one thing you'll find, the disciples of Jimmy Swagger, the Swaggerites, are vicious. And they, can't, they cannot uh, deal with you in a civil way concerning the scriptures. Whenever you make points, then they just begin to slander. 
and they and they just make up all kinds of excuses. They can never kind of stay on on point, and that like that's what they all start doing. They just start name calling. But one of the things I can't stand about that Bible is about how he takes the red letters of Jesus out, and then he makes his red letters, and they bury the scriptures in all of his red letters. I. I cannot imagine what it's going to be like for him to stand before God. I'm going to be trembling standing before God, but I cannot imagine what it's going to be like burying the word of God around your commentary and taking out the special emphasis of the very words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, just taking that red letter out and putting it into his red letter. One of the things I can't stand about Jimmy Swagger is when he says, when he violates, I think it's John 21, 25, and he says he has preached more than Jesus, and he's taught more than Jesus. And I would love to say to him, according to the scriptures, what John wrote, which I believe, the scriptures say that all the volumes of the world could not contain what Jesus taught and preached. Jimmy, you've only got a few little volumes that are not very impressive at all. And all the volumes of the world, that in the ages to come, he's going to be teaching us the kindness of his grace to us. And, and all, all that has just never, the world could not contain the volumes of what Jesus taught in three years. Amen. Now, Bruce, um, you have, what is the name of your website? It's the FMH Children's Club International. And the FMH was the uh, initials of my mother, Frances Mitchell Hallman. And uh, we and named how it. How did you become familiar with the uh, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries? Well, I was brought up in a Methodist church, and uh, for 35 years I ran from God. And uh, when I finally hit my knees uh, in desperation, I was 35 years old, and uh, the Lord directed me that uh, Jimmy Swaggart was to be my earthly mentor. And um, I obeyed the Lord, and I really followed him, studied, uh, you know, what he put out, his, his teaching tapes, his uh his broadcast, and uh, at that time he was teaching on the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed to know about what a relationship was, with Christ was all about through the, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and uh, he taught me that, and uh, so through that I was able to grow in Christ, and uh, but then he started getting off track, and he fell with the prostitutes. And uh, and I told the Lord, I said, I'm out of here, you know, I'm I'm not going to stick with this ministry. And the Lord said, No, you're going to stick with him. And uh, I did. I I, I, yeah, I held fast. And uh, the the process continued. I bought all his uh, commentaries. Uh, and in in 1984, I bought his study Bible. That was the first thing I bought. And at that time, it was a great Bible. Um, it was really had good notes and good references, and uh, I still have it today. I've got it held together with uh, Elmer's glue and, and, and packing tape. Uh, but, uh, you know, then in 2001, uh, the Lord started showing me serious error within his ministry. And uh, as much as I had been ordered to stand by him, then, as he started showing me the error, uh, you know, it was really hard for me to to come out and speak against him. Um, 
you know, and, until the time that God showed me the error, I was standing fast by him, thinking that everything that happened was happening was just uh, people that were coming against him that were framing him. And uh, But anyway, in 2001, in December, the first one he gave me to write was Jimmy Swaggart and the Accursed, and it talked about the sin of AI and, and how um, God showed me five different people that were affiliated with that ministry that had sin in their lives that were causing the ministry to uh, to fail. And but the next sermon that the Lord gave me to write attacked came you know was targeted on Jimmy, and that's where it really got hard for me because having stood by him now I was called to correct him. And since that time, you know, the Lord just continues to, to give me more and more messages to take to him. And in the early part of 2002, uh, he would have me to go drive down from El Paso, Texas, to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and confront them personally. Uh-huh. And, and the first one was, uh, was Francis Swigert. Uh I had no idea who I was going to talk to, but the Lord put me in a certain place at a certain time and said, just sit here and wait. And it was in front of the radio station, and lo and behold, but the first person that walked up was Francis Swigert. And um, this was in, uh, oh me, this was in uh, January the 14th of 2002. And when I approached her, I, you know, I told the Lord to send me there to, uh, to speak a word to her and, and Brother Swigert. And the fire that came forth from her eyes was just, it, it just, it, it floored me. I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, the spirit of Jezebel, uh, the hate that came at me as a, as a minister of the gospel, as, as someone who's called to speak a word to them of correction, uh, was extremely intimidating. Uh, it was not the love of Jesus. And, uh, she told me to uh, to if I would go in and wait in the uh, headquarters building that uh, they would see me later on after the radio program. And so I did. I sat in the uh, the headquarters building and I waited until 12 o'clock. And she sent down a uh, a messenger to tell me that they wouldn't be able to uh, see me today to come back some other time. And uh, of course, I had traveled all the way from El Paso, Texas, to to meet with them. Yeah. And. Uh, so you know that that was the end of that meeting, and then uh, later on, it was in uh, it was in May of that same year that uh, the Lord sent me once again, and uh, this time my meeting was with Jimmy, and the Lord arranged it so that I was able to meet with him face to face, and uh, I told him I said you know the Lord sent has sent me here to uh, to give you a, a word if if you can give me a few minutes and. Uh, he uh, he looked up in the in the sky. Uh, we were in the radio station once again. He looked up towards the heavens, and then he said, uh, in so many words, "Thank you, but no thank you." And he turned around and walked away. Uh, he was very gracious, but he just you know he 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 doesn't want to hear the word of correction. Yeah. So well, that's 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 been my life with Jimmy Swaggart. Well, the uh, the fact that your uh, website is out there, I'm sure they've they visited the website because wow. even uh, I guess a week or so ago um, on the Francis and Friends program, um, they were discussing. Francis was discussing with Donnie, I think, about people 
saying, talking about them and saying things about them. And I think they even mentioned that, well, why don't they come to us? And uh, it's like, well, yeah, who can get to you? Uh, you you can't walk up to them and just start talking to them. They won't talk to you. If they decide they want uh, to talk to you, they will. But that's, I think, one of the main reasons why we're doing this broadcast and people have websites um, where they have articles. And so the information is out there, and hopefully uh, they will listen and take it to God in prayer because we do it... uh, Really, we do it from a heart of love because we we love the swaggerts. We want to see them uh, come to repentance, and especially the um, what I find very alarming about their uh, fundraising, the constant fundraising, and the gimmicks and the manipulation is uh, is very very disturbing. And it, it, you would think that. Um, Jimmy Swaggart would know better by now after what's happened to him. Uh, To me, my heart goes out to him when I look at him because he looks very drained. Um, He he looks like he's a troubled man, and uh, I I don't see the uh, the joy of the Lord in uh, in Jimmy Swaggart. Um, I'm also very very disappointed in Donnie Swaggart for uh, his behavior with the fundraising and the manipulation. Um, If if we're going to uh, teach the Bible, I believe anybody that has any kind of a public ministry, if you're going to teach the Bible, then then please read it and read what it has to say and uh, stop manipulating people with these uh, fundraising gimmicks that they're using. If you can't live by faith, then uh, you don't have any right uh, to preach the gospel and to try to teach other people uh, to well, trust God to meet their needs when you can't even trust God yourself. And so, also, um, yeah, and yes. also, Susan, they always ask you to sacrifice. You sacrifice, yes. and they are not sacrificing. You know, yes. they live, they have a $4 million uh, compound or whatever where their houses are, and they're driving nice cars, and they're taking nice trips and buying nice clothes, and they keep saying, but you sacrifice. You know, it's so it's being hypocritical. You know, they're not sacrificing, but those of us who have so much less than they do, we are the supposed we're supposed to sacrifice, not only to meet their needs, but also to meet their luxuries. Yes, well, to meet their greeds, because uh, yes. anybody can preach the gospel. Uh, like I was saying before, you can uh, go on YouTube; it's free of charge. You can you can have a TV ministry every day there, and it won't cost you anything except an Internet connection and uh, some of your time. Or you can uh, be on uh, the radio or you can set up a website. And uh, we don't have to beg people for millions of dollars to support uh, a ministry. If you can't fund your ministry, uh, like you said, Karen, if if they're not willing uh, to to uh, sell some of their things to keep their ministry going, then they don't have any right to expect other people to sacrifice so they can preach the gospel because well, if, they if, really if want I to. May, if, I, if I may jump in, uh, yes. please. Um, it, it always gets me, a man that is preaching the cross, which is the first part of the cross is we are to deny ourselves and pick up yes. our cross. 
And I don't see anything about him that denies himself. And it also says in Philippians 2, 5 through 9, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who didn't consider robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself of his God form, and he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. Yeah. If you listen to Jimmy Swagger, if you can bear to listen to him, I can't listen to him. No, it's like trying to listen to Obama. I can't bear to listen to him. If if you listen to him, he has the greatest music, the most anointed preaching, and everything about him is the realm of self, self, self. He is not qualified to speak of the cross, in in my opinion. And you know, you were mentioning about, and I, and I think this is important. A lot of people don't know what he believes about prayer. And you'll understand some of his fundraising things if you understand. He he says a, that the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I believe it was another spirit spoke to him about prayer. But if I may, could I just exp- uh, give you some yes. of his his direct Please. word? First of all, number one, he he doesn't believe that we are to pray to Jesus. Now it's, he says, I'll read. This means that we should not pray to, to the Holy Spirit. Neither should we pray directly to Jesus, but to the Father in Jesus' name. But what does what does the scripture say in in the book of uh, in, in the book of Acts? In the book of Acts, we we learn that um, uh, how did Stephen pray when he was being, being martyred? He spoke to Jesus, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. There's one mediator between man and God, Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's there's always that kind of belittling of Jesus. But the thing that is even more disturbing to me can be found in his book on uh, it's, it's entitled can I, how can i understand the bible and it says um now here this is a spirit that he says the holy spirit is speaking to him i know it's not the holy spirit but he says this should the believer always preface his petitions to the lord if it be your will and then he says most of the time no to preface everything with the petition with the words if it be your will is wrong and actually hinders our faith, which means that it hinders us from receiving a positive answer. It doesn't matter to Jimmy Swagger if, if begging for money and mooching for money is God's will at all, because he doesn't believe in praying in, in the, for the will of God, which is contrary to James chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, that says, Our life is a vapor, and we are to always pray if it is your will. Oh, Father. He also says this. Now, here's what the Lord spoke to him, quote, unquote. I'm going to read to you, quote, unquote. And the Lord spoke to my heart very forcibly and said, don't use that terminology anymore. Now, the Lord's telling him to pray, if it be your will. God, his God is telling him, don't say, if it be your will, any longer. When you say, if it be your will, you are hindering your faith, therefore hindering me from doing what I want to do. That is insanity. Wow. And then he puts this. Forever prefacing our petition with the words, if it be your will, puts us into a position of a double-minded man. So according to the spirit that spoke to him, if you say, Father, if it be your will, which I do every single day, Father, I don't want my I don't want my heart to flow into your perfect will. I want to pray as Jesus prayed to the Father, not my will, but thy will be done. But according to him, when this spirit spoke to him, it's the same spirit that said to him that the message on the cross is a new one, if you read the same book in the introduction. 
And so whether it's the will of God to do something or not is irrelevant to Jimmy Swagger because he, according to him, he's been told by God that if you say, if it be thy will, you're hindering, that, that faith is being hindered. And how wow. different that is from the book of James 14 through 16. And I encourage people to read it. He is a, he, I'm, he, there are other spirits that are speaking to him. And here's what people don't understand. In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 3, or 4 actually, Paul warns about that, that um, we could become like Eve and we could be seduced by another spirit that leads yeah. us to another Jesus. This yeah. is another Jesus that is talking to him. And where people get fooled, they get fooled on two lines. He has enough of his old Christian experience that he can speak out of it. But when he crosses over to the other Jesus and the other spirit that belittles Paul, that belittles Jesus, that belittles the will of God being done in our life, that be, belittles praying in the name of Jesus, that belittles, uh, it just belittles no one else is preaching the word of God but him. See, when you cross over and you start to operate with another Jesus, another spirit and people don't the second thing people don't realize is that other spirit can give you a revelation you got to remember eve eve her eyes were opened when she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when she changed the word of god and satan went along with her changing the word of god and and she received a revelation from eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil her eyes were opened I've seen people that will read over and over and over and over these commentaries by, by Jimmy Swagger, and they claim their eyes are opened, but their eyes are being opened by another Jesus and by another spirit. And if you say anything that points to anything of Swagger not being biblical, you become like a bitter enemy. It's just the same like with Francis. You're going to hell, and he's... King David and he's all these things and, and they come out with such a railing slander and and uh, I, I, you know I've experienced it and I, know, and I know what I'm speaking of but the bottom line is oh I just read right from you right from his books to you read his books read his quotes put them up against the scriptures Isaiah eight twenty says if they speak not according to my word is because my light is not in them. And John 1, 4 through 9 says, Jesus' light is the life of men, and Jesus is the light of the world that lights every man, man that comes into the world. God bless you. Wow. Amen. That's pretty power. disturbing. It's very the more disturbing. you hear, the more disturbed you become. It's yeah, very disturbing. Right, right. Very, very disturbing. Very disturbing. Now, I... I, I I was not aware of these uh, teachings. Um, I don't listen to them that much. Once in a while, I, I, I turn it on to see what they're saying. And uh, I, I was happy a few months back when I saw that he was back on TV. And uh, but I didn't. I wasn't really listening um, to what they were saying. I, I had turned on Francis. Francis's program a few times, and it was interesting because they were speak. They seemed like they were talking about oh, they were talking about Rick Warren, and they were talking about some of the errors and some of the teachings. And uh, I said, well, the the best way I could find out where someone's heart is is to watch how they raise money. Uh, so then I, I 
I was looking at some of the fundraising that they were doing, and uh, that put me off. I said, no, there's something really wrong here, because when you start manipulating people to keep your ministry going, then uh, there's really something wrong. So, well, we don't have to pray according to God's will, so there's uh, there's no problem there. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, if you can't, yeah. it, that that really does disturb me very much because if anybody's going to stand up, especially on TV, and you're, you're like you're saying, they're going to say, "Don't pray according to God's will." Well, we know that when we have a need, we go to the Father. We ask the Father uh, to uh, meet our needs. And uh, we don't we don't have to go to uh, man. So all these telethons and all of that is, is it's a bunch of rubbish, really. I mean, it's totally unnecessary. It's a bad testimony to the world. Uh, this foolishness that they call Christianity that's being displayed to a lost and, and dying world. And I thank God for the people that He's raising up today that we won't bow the knee and we're not for sale. We don't we don't preach the gospel because we want money. Right. Uh we, we should never we should never have to ask for money. We should no. never ask for money. If the Lord isn't providing, he's not in it. And if you you can tell him privately and he'll meet the need and if he's not meeting the need, then it's not God's will. But of course, according to Jimmy Swagger, this spirit told him never to pray if it be your will. And that is a direct contradiction to the Lord's Prayer and to James uh, chapter 4. You know, may, may I bring up one other point, please? Oh, of course. I want to read from uh, the, his book called, and, and you'll notice everything that I'm giving to you today with, with little, a few exceptions from what he says on television about that he's more light than Paul and preaching more than Jesus. But in his book, Brother Swagger, here's my question about the cross. Listen to this quote. At any rate, during this period, he's speaking of Paul. At any rate, during this time of period of time, ever long it was, even though the great apostle was ministering and constantly still, he did not know how to live a victorious life, no matter how hard he tried. <laughs> that is that, wow. that is such slander. Now, now I, let me give you the. I'm, I'm going to do something odd here that most Christians don't do nowadays. I'm going to go to the record of the scriptures. <laughs> All right, now, according, I'm going to just read it right from the scriptures. When Paul was converted in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 20, and bear with me as I, as I turn there, that is the beginning of Paul's, at that time he's called Saul, that is the beginning of his public ministry. Now, according to Jimmy Swagger, he, had, he was in sin and unable to stop. Of course, I never read in the Bible where Paul was let down a basket and then he ran off and saw a prostitute and then he came back up and started preaching back in the synagogue or he was on the island of Miletus and got bit by a snake and he ran off and found a prostitute and came back. There's, there's no record that Paul could not stop sinning. That is slanderous. But yeah. for, the, for the record of this, of, of this now according to Jimmy Swagger, what I just read, Paul had no victory in his early Christian walk. In 920, he begins to preach for the first time in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And here's what it says about him in verse 22. And so this is the very beginning that, he, that uh, Jimmy Swagger says Paul was, uh, was in sin and was, uh, uh, was unable to, be, to live a victorious life. I'm going to read to you. But Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews 
which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Does that sound like a man not living in victory? In verse well, 29, and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed amongst the Grecians, and they went about to slay him. Does that sound like a man not living in victory? And then from the record of the scriptures there goes to cover uh, Peter's life. But when you go back to uh, Acts 12:24, where Paul reappears, it says this, um, Oh, excuse me, uh, 12.24, but the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, and when they had fulfilled their ministry, they took with them John, who served. Now, does a man fulfilling his ministry, does that sound like a man not living in victory? And then you go into Acts chapter 13, and here's where it really gets interesting, because in Acts chapter 13, he confronts this sorcerer named Bar-Jesus, which I think is a very appropriate name, because all the sorcerers we have loose in the church world today, they're trying to bar Jesus from being the preeminence in the center of the church. Yeah. But then this Bar-Jesus is trying to block Paul from, pre- from preaching, uh, preaching the gospel. And it says in verse number 9, listen to this carefully, Then Saul, who is also called with Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and said, O full of subtlety and mischief, you child of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, and he blinds him. Now, does that sound like a man not living in victory in his early walk, as Jimmy Swagger says? Does that sound like a man that uh, uh, is living in sin, is unable to overcome sin, sin overtakes him? And from that point on, the very blindness that had been on Paul is transferred onto Bar-Jesus, and from that time on, he is called Paul. I just went through all the scriptures of Paul's early ministry in the book of Acts, and there's no place I can't see he's completely victorious. And when you come to 2 Timothy 4, 7, glory to God, he says, I have kept the course. He didn't go off course. I've, I, I've finished the race, and yeah. I've kept the faith, and I've fought the good fight. I don't know what he – all these false teachers love to slander the apostle Paul. When they start hitting Paul – that will be, I always watch with false teachers. They will slander Paul, and they will belittle Jesus. They will try to bar Jesus. Yeah, that that's good. I, I never thought of it that way, bar Jesus. But that's excellent. I um, I wondered now. Uh, we had talked the last time we were on about the uh, photograph of I think it's Jill. Is that her name? Uh, Gabriel's wife, Jill Swagger. And she uh, was photographed giving these hand signals, um, very alarming hand signals. And I think Bruce, you have uh, you actually posted that photograph on your website. Would you explain a little bit about those hand signals that the girls are using in the picture? Okay. Well, um, you know there was an, an anonymous uh, email that I, I received. Uh, which had that picture attached to it, and uh, the description of you know how she or he came about it, and uh, although you know the description of where it took place was not correct, and at the time all I did was just post it as what I had received. Okay. Uh, I, just, I posted the picture along with the letter, uh, the email that came along with it, and. Uh, and when when I started looking at it, you know, uh, my daughters, uh, two of them, which uh, are still wrestling with uh, trying to give their lives to Jesus, said that you know that the the ladies 
plain and simple, looked like looked like whores, and uh, the spirit that was in them. And but I didn't really understand the uh, the hand signs. I I wasn't familiar with them at all. So I had to, the Lord had me to start researching them. And uh, the, the first one uh, with the uh, making the uh, peace modified peace sign. Uh, Surprisingly to me, I mean, I, I was my my days uh, when I uh, when I as I was uh, as I got out of the Air Force, the the hippie movement had already been in place. So I, I jumped yeah. in and grew my hair long. So yeah, I, I know what back. yeah I know what the peace sign is all about. Yeah, I know the evil that's behind it because I partook in it. I was running from God and I was sinning like the devil, and. Um, but this modified peace sign uh, takes it uh, one step further, and it's it's, it's bringing in the the, the, the new world, uh, the new age religion, the new the one world government, and and it's all about the antichrist. Um, the, uh, the the website that I that I found uh, that actually described what it meant it, it's peace plus one. Uh, the the three fingers peace plus one equals harmony and balance, and it's all about nature worship. It's all about uh, you know replacing the God of heaven with the God of earth, as you you worship the trees and the rocks and 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 uh, and all that He created, and uh, it, it also goes deep into the occult and the Illuminati. Uh, which is going to, you know, bring the takeover and, and the one world religion and the one world government, and uh, you know, it's it's the epitome of evil. And uh, I even listed on the um, on the uh, the sermonette that uh, I listed the uh, guidestones of Georgia, which is a, a very frightening uh, memorial that was established as um, basically a prediction of what's going to come about in the very near future uh, when the Antichrist takes control. And uh, it's, uh, it's all about one of the things that they say is maintaining humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about this evil government that's going to take control of the world. And uh, go ahead. I, 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 was, uh, I was very alarmed when I saw the photograph, and, and the photographs uh, can be seen on uh, what is the address of your website, Bruce? It's fmh-child, C-H-I-L-D, dot O-R-G. Okay. If you, want, if you want to see the photograph that we're talking about, uh, you can see that there. I think there's four girls in the photograph, and they're actually – making um, antichrist hand signals, and they are antichrist hand signals. Now, I was very, very alarmed when I saw that. I don't see any reason why uh, a Christian, someone who calls himself a Christian, would want to make uh, antichrist hand signals. Uh, that's, that was very alarming, um, very Not alarming. Even- but I- not even ahead, in fun, Karen. Susan. Not even in fun. A true Christian no. want, wouldn't want to even do that, just, hey, let's joke around and make these signs. No, no. true well, Christian will do that. The, the, uh, see, the, what's, what's taking place in the ministry is quite often 
people will do things that they don't really uh, understand what they're doing because they've come under the control of, of you know, the darkness, the, the world of darkness, the uh, demonic spirits. And when it comes to music, music has a power like, you know, nothing else. And God gave Jimmy Swigert the very special gift of music for one reason, to bring people in to hear the gospel. That's why God gave it to him, but he has perverted it. Uh, it, it was it was in back in 1986. Uh, he put out one of the tapes, one of the teaching tapes that the Lord had me to buy, and uh, I still had it at the time when the Lord started telling me to write these sermonettes on Jimmy Swigert. And the the title of it was the Holy Spirit in the Life of Christ. And that this goes back to to what Brother Murray was saying a while ago about Jimmy has thrown out the will of God. You know, without doing the will of God, there is no cross of Christ that we're we're called to carry. Because, you know, if you do your own thing, um, you don't have to deny yourself. But, But this is what he said in that teaching tape entitled The Holy Spirit and the Life of Christ. He said, all right now, so how do we get the fullness of the Spirit? How do we get the fullness? This is the secret of life. Jesus had the fullness totally possessed by the Holy, Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is in million, million lives. Millions of Pentecostals have him, but they have progressed no further than speaking in tongues. And the Holy Ghost does not have complete control in their life. And consequently, the fullness is not there. If you give God complete control, he will give you the fullness. In other words, the more control the Holy Spirit has in your life, the more fullness will be there. And a little common sense will tell you that. Think about it. Christians do all kinds of things that are wrong. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave. He stays there. He works. He pleads. He plods. He prods. He does everything within his power to get you into the area that he wants you to be made into the image of God. And just a few seconds later, he goes into this uh, thing he says i've made mention of it i'll do it again and musicians we've had them to come and we've had them to go scores of them some of them with fantastic talent we've had them to audition when we're needed when we've needed particular musicians or or singers i'm talking about singers now and uh they could sing oh my could they sing voice melodious uh, beautiful, perfect voice control, but when they would get through, I would tell Thomas, I'm sorry we don't want them. Why? Because I saw none of Christ and all of them. You hear me? You say, well, wouldn't you rather have someone that couldn't sing but Christ is expressing them? No, I don't want them either. And then he laughs. I like the Christ that's, but I want a singer too. So that was 1986. And and what has happened, what has transpired is because Jimmy has refused to do the will of the Father. The devil has come in to his music. And, anybody, you know, these singers have that influence on them that is results of his disobedience. And, it, and you know, it, it goes back to the beginning of the charismatic uh, uh, movement. Um, the devil used the music to invade the church, Christian contemporary music. That one thing that Jimmy preached against for so so many years, he has allowed to come into his ministry, and 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 that's how the devil is really making inroads. It's through his ministry, and it's and it's on every musician who comes in there. If you if you're not really filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not strong, you're going to get attacked, and that spirit is going to jump on you. 
So that's what you're seeing in the girls. That's what you're what seeing wanted, in these ladies. I know that uh, uh, Karen wasn't. Didn't you hear from uh, somebody that was in the music ministry at one time? Um, actually, I think Bruce Teresa Henderson. Didn't you get an email from Teresa? Oh, you know, the Lord has just really been blessing with you know people coming this way to to uh, to help expose what's going on there. Yeah, Teresa came. Uh, but before uh, that, she, she was part of the music ministry. Does uh, was there somebody uh, in the music ministry that was a Mormon? Uh, well, Tariva is is a New Age believer. She's she's not truly a Christian. And oh, and she was in in the worship group. Yeah, she was she was oh, in the praise goodness. and worship team. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, and and Jimmy hired her because and he knew this. But he hired her because he was desperate for for performers to you know to bring in the people. Well, but, he's definitely. I mean, he's definitely got enough performers. He's, yeah, he's got but, some kind of. Uh, he's got some singers. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The uh, he's got very good singers, musicians, um, and uh, he is he is himself a very good musician. It's like you said that they could take the music and use it. Uh, to bring people in to hear the gospel, uh, and uh, but yet to have people that aren't even saved, hire they actually do hire the musicians. I heard that they actually do hire people, and they're paid salaries or paid professional musicians. But but can I, let me tell you about one that I know was from God. His his name was Marvin Clark, and and he did the praise and worship. God sent him there. He was sent by God for the purpose of leading the praise and worship and 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 bringing the welcoming the Holy Spirit into the service before they started. He was sent by God. Jimmy Swigert knew it. He hired him. Uh, God told Marvin Clark that he was to go and do what he was called to do every uh, every Sunday morning. And um, I think he did it Sunday nights, too. He couldn't do it on Wednesday because he had to work. But uh, some dear lady also called him over and, and, and made sure he understood that his purpose for being there was not to get involved with the politics of the ministry. He was not to get involved with any anything other than just going there to do what he was supposed to do. And he would do that. He would arrive just in time for the service. He would sit in the corner and pray and ask the God to give him, you know, the Holy Spirit to, 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 to lead the people into a proper worship. And he would do what he was called to do, and then he would leave. Um, and, and, and then came the day that Jimmy Swigert fired him. Uh, his, his wife had just had, a, 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 his, uh, I think it was a second child. And uh, that same Sunday, he, after the service, he went and picked her up, took her home, uh, from the hospital, and it was only a few hours later that he received a phone call from Debbie Swigert saying that Brother, Brother Swigert didn't need his services anymore and wow. that uh, he was no longer the presence and worship leader. Wow. And it just floored him. And, and God has given me this to use in, in some of these messages on, on Jimmy Swigert, and it's, it's all about Jimmy's will. You know, if if... If he thinks he can bring more people in with a different style of music, then that's what he's going to do. 
It's not, it's not anymore what is your will, God. It's what I think I'm going to do to bring in more people, to bring in more cash, you know, yada, yada, yada. Got to sell those CDs and, yeah, yeah. CDs. Yeah, and, and Marvin was just a perfect example of this. Somebody that was sent by God, and Jimmy Swaggart knew he was sent by God, but yet when the time came that Jimmy thought that, you know, well, we're not getting enough enough cash flow, out goes Marvin, the one that God sent, and he replaces him with who he wants. So, you know, yeah. this is a story. And because of it, the music has just become, you know, nothing but but filled with the devil. And you see it in these girls in this picture. It's, it's God exposing the truth of what's taking place at Jimmy Swaggart's. You know, they might have done it just cutting up, but the truth of the spirit is what's really there. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't get a good feeling at all when I looked at the picture. I, and uh, it's not, uh, you know, someone in the chat room was saying something about uh, uh, over one photograph that somebody had sent in anonymously. Well, it, it's the photograph is what it is. Nobody doctored the photograph. Nobody, you know, put these put one girl pasted one girl in from. Another photograph. It's a photograph of Jill Swagger, who's married to Gabriel, who's uh, Jimmy Swaggart's grandson, Donnie Swaggart's son, and some other girls that are in the worship team. So the photograph speaks for itself, and uh, it is what it is. But uh, we uh, we have. A, we, uh, I wanted to get some closing comments uh, from all of my guests today. Uh, if there's anything that any topic that I didn't bring up, and I'll, I'll start with John Murray first. Um, is, is there any? Uh, and you can go on, you know, for as long as you like, because we do have the time. But is, is there one point that you really want to bring out today before we close the program? Well, if, if anyone is listening that has uh, has been uh, kind of under that under the Swagger Ministry. And they they may have felt like they've received something from God. Um, number one, it's possible that God could touch someone because the gifts and callings are without repentance. And if a person goes with a hungry, seeking heart, they may end up getting touched in something false. Let me give you an example. I had a friend um, who there was a song called uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, and it was written by two homosexual atheists to mock the Lord. And the words wow. were, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who are you, what have you sacrificed? And they were doing it like a, to mock. Well, this totally unsaved guy uh, listened to this, and he started thinking about what did Jesus sacrifice, and it, it was an instrument to lead him to salvation. In other words, what Satan means for evil, like what Joseph, what Satan means for evil, God can turn to good. And so it is possible, I guess, for someone to receive a touch from God, but it's also more likely that someone can receive a touch from that other Jesus. And I, and I do believe there is another Jesus that's there. And we have to hear the words of 2 Corinthians 11, where Paul talks about Satan having apostles of light and apostles of righteousness. In other words, just because somebody's saying the cross, doesn't mean that they're of God. Uh, it, it, I, I always think in Luke 22, 
of when uh, before Peter, when Jesus said, Peter, when you are converted, Simon, 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 Satan has desired to sift you as weak, but uh, as wheat, and he's desired to sift you as wheat. And I've prayed for you. And when you are converted, you know, help your brethren. And if, and if you read the accounts right up before that, Judas is at that table, devil possessed, with the very Satan from the Garden of Eden, and. Uh, and the other disciples, when Jesus says to him, one of you is going to betray him, they go, who is it? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? And then they immediately go from there into arguing about who is going to be the greatest. Yeah. When, whenever you see receive a revelation through a ministry from somebody claiming to have uh, an exclusive revelation of the cross and more light than Paul and more preaching than Jesus – and they're the only ones that are going to preach the cross, and they, and, they, and they have this special anointing. Whenever you hear that, you want to run away from any person as quickly as possible. A true servant of the gospel, will, a, a true person of the cross will want to be completely hidden, their name reduced to zero, and his name exalted to eternity. But oftentimes, people can have false conversions, and they can have false revelations. I mentioned it before from Genesis uh, 3. When Eve ate of the false tree, and she believed Satan's word, and Satan was working with what? The word of God. Satan always works with the word of God. Yeah. Satan worked with the word of God against Jesus. Just yeah. because somebody's with the word of God, you have to rightly divide, and if you have to hear if everything's coming from the word of God. If every bit of it is not the word of God, reject. And, and if somebody's listening and you're wondering, you may have received a false revelation and think you've had an experience with God. And what you need to do, Paul said, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Yeah. We, are to, we are to try the spirits. The Apostle John, after the revelation, went to Ephesus. And in Ephesus, he, he pastored and he wrote the epistles of John in, in, uh, in, in very old age. And one of the things he said in 1 John 2, 18 and 19, he said, to try the spirits, because there are many antichrists, especially in this day and age. There are many yeah. antichrists. They were with us, but they went out from us because they were not of us. Of us. Yeah. And, and when, when you take a look at Jimmy Swaggart, he's gone out. He, he was not able to receive correction. He was not able to humble himself. He covers up his sin with this phony revelation of the cross and, and this, this other spirit that speaks to him, tells him not to do the, word of, uh, do the will of God. When you, when you have to take a look at everything that this, this, you don't look at the true things he's saying, you look at the false things that he's saying. And if he doesn't speak according to the word of God, the light of God is not in him. He is to, his, he is to be rejected. And if you are under those teachings, don't be too proud. Uh, one of the things that Jimmy Swagger said to the Assemblies of God people, they said to him, and I've heard, I've heard people say the same thing of this persuasion, said the same thing to me. Oh, you're just speaking against Jimmy Swagger because you're jealous of him. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not speaking against oh. Jim, I'm, I'm speaking against his teachings. That's what That's I'm speaking it. against. It's, it's not, not personal. It's not personal. Okay. It's against his teachings and his lifestyle. Jesus did not drive, drive around a fleet of Mercedes chariots. He didn't live. The Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. Yeah. The foxes and the birds, the birds had nests. The foxes have holes. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There, yeah. There's so many, 
so many things that are alarming about Jimmy Swagger. Your faith is not to be in what he has taught you. Your faith is to be in the word of the living God. And God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to have the privilege oh, to share with you today. Oh, thanks a lot, John. It was great. Thank you very, very much for uh, coming on and sharing with us because I, I really enjoy your uh, Bible knowledge. It's a blessing to listen to you. And uh, we want you to come back again. And now uh, I'll ask Karen. Now, Karen, what would you like to bring out that we haven't touched on? Well, um, before I touch on the one thing, there is just one little story I want to tell because I want to personalize this. My mother told me that many years ago her uncle worked down in the mines. And, you know, that's a difficult work. You go down in the bowels of the earth every day to yes. make a living for your family. But he wholeheartedly trusted Jimmy Swagger. He believed everything he said on TV was true, and if he needed that money, he really needed that money. And so he took money out of his paycheck, denied himself and his wife and his children certain things to send to Jimmy Swaggart. And after Jimmy Swaggart's fall, my mom said that her uncle had such a difficult time recovering from that. He was so brokenhearted. He felt Jimmy had betrayed him and his family. Um, and so I just want to say to the Swaggerts and the other TV evangelists that are doing this, you know, you are going to be held accountable. These are real people that you're breaking their hearts and you're taking food out of children's mouths. You're denying people their fuel, you know, for the winter. And um, you will stand before God for that. You know, you might be living very high right now. But the day will come when you will be forced to bow the knee before the Lord, and you're going to really regret not repenting. Uh, and you don't know how long you have. You know, God is long-suffering. He's merciful. But he also talks about reprobates. And sometimes I wonder, maybe Jimmy's crossed that line. Or he may be getting very close to it. There are so many people now on the Internet raising or speaking out about Jimmy Swaggart and his false doctrine. Is it God's last call to Jimmy? We don't know. And as you said, Susan, he looks very tired and drained. Yeah. And he does. But he does. he's trying to outrun God, and you can't do that. Well, he's that running you, away you, from God, and it's going to drain you. You hit it You hit it right on the head because that, those were the – I was trying to find the words, but you, you found them for me because yeah. I look at him – and I see a man that's running from God. Mm-hmm. And I see a man that doesn't sleep well, and it's because I know that he 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 knows God. I, I believe that he has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but he's somehow, somewhere, he's allowed himself, and and it is pride. It's the pride of life, and uh, I I hope and I pray that uh, God does deliver him that he will uh when he lays upon his bed at night that he will allow the holy spirit to minister to him and to uh raise him up because i i, I believe that uh, brother swagger can be a voice such a powerful voice for the gospel of the lord jesus christ and uh, that's my hope and my prayer is that they will stop this foolishness this you know, really, it's an abomination when uh, we use the gospel for our own gain. Right. And uh, we don't have the love of God in our hearts for the brethren and for the unsaved. 
that we're not willing, uh, like you said, to lay down our life and uh, for the gospel's sake. The Apostle Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He um, he worked uh, making tents. He did whatever he could. Right. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're here on this earth for just such a, a short time. And uh, what is more precious than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? What he did for us, how, the the price that he paid for our salvation and to take it, and to uh, prostitute the gospel, it's a no one. It's no wonder he doesn't sleep. Uh, and uh, but yet I know that God is dealing with him. I don't believe that he has totally given him given himself over to a reprobate mind. I see a man that's uh, that God's dealing with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm hoping and praying that uh, they will listen to this broadcast and hear what we've had to say, get out their Bibles and um, com- and study it. See if what we have said isn't true. And right. uh, come to repentance because uh, we have uh, compared his teachings to the word of God and we have found uh, these teachings to be false. And, and, the more, so, and the more we look into it, the more we realize there are so many doctrines of devils that he's teaching, more and more, you know, as John presented it, and as Bruce, there are so many things that, you know, I haven't heard about, like the prayer in that. There are just so many things, and he's deceiving so many people. That's that's what troubles my heart. He's well, not only going to hell, he's taking so many with him. He's trying to take as many as he can with him. It is troubling doctrine. because when you have... Uh, when you have that kind of exposure right. that they have, and you can take that exposure where we don't have that, that kind of right. exposure. Right. And we don't have that kind of income where we can have a 24-hour-a-day Christian mm-hmm. broadcasting company on DirecTV on a satellite network, uh, and you're seen and you're heard, and you can take that right. uh, and use it for so much good. Just imagine the good that you could do with that. But it's like Jesus said, it's so hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven because the the things of the world are so tempting. Uh, We've all been tempted by the things of the world, uh, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all that. And uh, it's a miracle that God uses any of us, but yet he said he would use the foolishness of preaching. So, uh, we, we, uh, Bruce, uh, is there one thing that you wanted to bring up before we close today? Yeah, I, I just want to say that, you know, in back in the 80s, Jimmy uh, admitted it, that, you know, he had he was being drawn into the word faith movement. And uh, the Lord was correcting him and, and trying to get him back on the, the straight and narrow path. And, and it... it he and this is where he's still at. I mean, he's still in the word faith movement. He's thrown out the cross uh, that would crucify the flesh, and and he's brought in this belief system that uh, you know you can speak it all into existence. You know, the Rima word of God is a word that is meant to take us to the cross. You know what God instructs us to do in this life is what's gonna make us deny ourselves and, 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 and be crucified and be born again. It's dying to what we want and doing what he wants. Uh, Jesus was the last Adam who did what the first Adam didn't do. Yeah, every, throughout his entire life, he only did what the Father told him to do. He only said what the Father told him to say. 
He did nothing on his own. Everything came as a directive through the Holy Spirit from his Father. And, and that's the way we are to do it. Uh, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, we must walk the path that he's given us, the way. Uh, as, as we do that in obedience to the word that he gives us, which is a rhema word, it's a command from God. And, and as we do that, his truth will be manifested in us. And this same truth is what's going to give us everlasting life. And, and what you see in the girls in that picture is that they don't have the truth. It's not in them. Because you can't have the Holy Spirit. You can't have Jesus in you and, make, and be making those mocking demonic signs that they make. So it, it goes back to, you know, uh, we must be willing to follow the commands of the Father. He'll speak his word to us as we walk into it, deny our flesh, uh, regardless of the circumstances that take place. You know, we are going to be transformed into his image. And uh, that's what it's all about. If we claim Christ, we better be, we better be in the process of being made more like Christ. <laughs> yes, amen to that. <laughs> we, we all need some of that for sure. But anyway, uh, I would like to close out the program with a word of prayer. And uh, I would like to ask... Uh, Pastor John Murray, uh, to uh, invite the uh, listeners to uh, meet Jesus Christ, uh, the real Jesus Christ. Okay, dear dear Lord Jesus, we uh, Lord, we come with sad hearts and humble hearts and yet rejoicing hearts, O oh God, and uh, we pray for these who. Are in error. We pray for uh, these these that are being swayed into this other revelation to another Jesus that is not according to the will of God. But Lord Jesus, we thank you, O Lord, that if you are high and lifted up, and we lift you high and up, lifted up this day, O God, and we we declare you are the preeminent one. We declare you the Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending. And Lord Jesus, we pray, O God, that you would touch those that are listening, O oh God, any unsaved, any that don't know you, O oh Lord God, that you will create in them a hunger to come and be newly created in you and to be translated into the image and translated into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. Lord, we ask your blessing, O oh Lord, upon this radio program. Draw people to yourselves, O oh Lord. Draw the falsely converted, the falsely taught into the spirit of truth. Yeah. Sanctify them with your truth, the truth of your word, O oh Lord. Sanctify them that they might put you alone on as their only reward. And I ask you to bless uh, these others, O oh Lord God, that, that we've had to participate. We've had the privilege of participating together, O oh Lord God. And we ask that you would bless this uh, time. And, and more and above blessing, O oh Lord Jesus, we ask you to form Christ Jesus in all listening. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 I want to thank everybody, all my guests, Bruce and John and Karen, for being with me today. And uh, we want to uh, reach out to the Swaggart family and any of the uh, ministers on staff there, if you'd like to come on and uh, rebut anything that was said today, you're welcome. Uh, we will listen to what you have to say. So uh, feel free to contact me, uh, Susan, at propheticnews.com. 
And uh, I would love to have you as a guest, but I want to thank my guest today. That It's been a blessing. I've learned something, and I hope all the listeners have. So we'll do it again. Amen? I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and uh, God bless you all, and have a great day. God bless everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city. Hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow